0: From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Obias. Jeff Saturday. Got it done on Sunday? Maybe there's something to Jim Mersey's craziness. Carolina got it done. Speaking of, I mean, it was just a good, a good weekend for Tar Heels, if you think about it. Jeff Saturday getting that interim head coach win against the Raiders and the Tar Heels wrapping up the Coastal Division. And there's two conversations coming out of that. I'm on board with one, and eh, not so much on the other. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? What's Trending brought to you by GEICO. you got a number of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online at GEICO.com or stop by the GEICO office nearest you. Let's get it. Joe, do you fundamentally believe that if a team is
1: unbeaten in college football, that means they are better than a team with one loss? No. Okay. Then you'd have no problem with my top twenty-five. Okay. Because I think Tennessee is better than Michigan. <laughs> I think Tennessee is better than TCU. Sure. I actually think TCU is better than Michigan. At least they've done more.
0: In terms of the reason why I say that is when we get to the tippy top when we start the very top when that's we start, where we are when we start to try and, and and parse through who belongs in the college football playoff and who doesn't and we get to the matter of losses i do feel that who you lose to is worthy of a conversation yes how the game is played is worthy of a conversation once we get into the two loss realm that's when i cross it into the well losses do have to impact you in some form or fashion and when you lose twice you do start to lose the benefit of the doubt okay see you might as well do my ballot for me because i have clemson
1: don't 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 wish that upon me i have clemson nine and one ahead of lsu eight Mm -hmm. and two for that exact reason losses have to count at some point but michigan here's where they've played this year and I, i i'll keep doing this every week until they beat somebody yeah Colorado State, Hawaii, Yukon, Maryland, Iowa, Indiana, Penn State, Michigan State, Rutgers, yeah. Nebraska. Penn State was at home. Good job. Mm-hmm. James Franklin's 1-8 and eight at Michigan and Ohio State. So it you is. did what you were supposed to do. Right. Cool. Right. Awesome. Wow. But Michigan's going to take care of itself, will it not? Michigan gets to play Ohio State. Sure. You would think that would be enough for Michigan fans. But no, of course not, Joe. You're such a hater. No, I'm not a hater. I have half of a brain. That's the problem. <laughs> why does everything have to be the same, too? By the way, in what sense? Why does? Why do you want to live in the world where everyone thinks exactly the same way?
0: And wh- and why am I wrong? Why aren't the rest of the people wrong? That's because of confirmation bias I mean, that's that's always oh. confirmation bias is a hell of a drug man
1: hell of a drug i would like for the michigan ohio state game to hurry up and get here please
0: pretty please next up
2: one of the four all of the four or half of the four
0: uh, from the usual silly things that we talk about to tragic news uh, that crosses over in sports i think people who listen to us here on 99.9 the fan whether it's uh, for me and julio or with adam gold noon to three We typically like to keep things light. Uh, We we like to talk about the, the entertainment of this stuff, not take things too seriously. Unfortunately, serious events do occur, and they cross over into our sports talk radio world. And that's what happened in Charlottesville over this weekend, where three members of the Virginia football team were fatally shot. And two other students were injured in a parking garage as a class was coming back from essentially a field trip to D.C., and they have the suspect, and that suspect was a former walk-on the Virginia football team. So now Charlottesville finds itself in a position where the president is releasing statements, uh, the coaching staffs at Virginia football and other sports are speaking out on this, the AD is speaking out on this. It'll be curious to see what Virginia does going forward, because, again, three members of that football team were murdered, and they have the suspect in custody. They're not going to play basketball tonight which makes sense what they do with the football season. You know, Virginia's not going to be bowl eligible is remains to be seen. And I'm sure that's the last thing they're thinking about. And if they were to just shut it down, I think the ACC should be accommodating for that. Um, And you know that I think they have a non-conference game next and then they close things out. I, I just don't see how, you play the rest of the football season when three members of your team were murdered on Sunday by someone who
1: used to be on your team, used
0: to be on a team, yeah, and by yeah. all accounts seemed to be still close or at least around the football team as a former walk-on.
1: No, I, I just you just want the best for yes. that team, those players, and their families right now. That's a, that's all you can ask for. Next up, North Carolina closed out the Coastal Division for good. For good. With a 36-34 win over Wake Forest on Saturday. Drake May threw for 448 yards, ran for 71 more. accounted for four touchdowns. On the season now, the, the North Carolina freshman has 34 touchdown passes and 3,400 passing yards. Those are just his passing numbers. Mm-hmm. Impressive, to say the least. He was, once again, the reason he is... Roger Federer on grass at Wimbledon, because North Carolina knows how to hold serve. You look at their wins this year: two points against Wake, three points against Virginia, three points against Duke, three points against Miami, seven at Georgia State, two App State. Yeah, I mean, they hold serve, and that offense has been outstanding. Drake May and Josh Downs have been the primary reasons. The offense, and they close
0: the, they close out the Coastal Division the way that it probably should be the offense absolutely deserves a lot of the attention that it's getting, and Drake May absolutely belongs in the Heisman Trophy conversation. But they're not here without giving the offense opportunities to hold serve, if you will. And that's one of the interesting storylines that is, I think, finally getting its due again when it comes to Carolina's defense. I was one of the first in line last year to tell you that that defense could not be trusted, and you saw how last year went. And it was a season of disappointment at Carolina. I was skeptical of the Tar Heels defense this year, even with Gene Chizik having already done it once before at Carolina, having gone to the ACC championship game where a controversial onside kick, you know, plays out a different way, who knows? Maybe they beat that 2015 Clemson team, for all we know. I didn't bring that up to pick at scabs for Carolina football fans out there. The point is that they're doing this in a very similar fashion to the last time they won the Coastal Division. And Gene Chizik deserves a lot of credit for working with what he's got. And all you're asking, man, it's kind of like how I am sometimes with my own children. Like, I just need you to get a C, man. Just give me the C. Just do the work, and and we'll be good to go. And that's the case with this defense. Just give us a stop when we need it. And they've been doing that in the fourth quarter. Mack Brown, head coach, North Carolina, was on with Adam Gold earlier today. You can listen to Gold from noon to 3. And Gold asked him about the defensive improvements. They're not so much improved overall. I mean, they're still giving up. Huge numbers. And metrics-wise, they're not good. But that doesn't matter when you can make a stop when needed and give your offense a chance to go out there and win it for you.
3: We're blitzing more, we're putting more pressure on the quarterback. We couldn't get there without pressure, so we're, we, we couldn't pressure with just four. Um, we're tackling better in the, front, uh, in, the, in the front seven. We're stopping to run better, and we're actually covering some better in, in the uh, secondary. We're still giving up too many big plays, um, but we're, we're missing fewer tackles. We're still missing too many, uh, and we're giving up fewer explosives. Uh, the explosive plays early in the year just absolutely killed us. It's the only thing right now we're doing wrong, but these guys are giving up about 24 points a game in ACC play and um, gave up no points another fourth quarter the other night.
0: So that's Mac Brown, head coach North Carolina, on with Adam Gold today. You can catch that full interview with Adam on the best of the Adam Gold podcast. And here's Mac Brown on winning the coastal division with a win against Wake Forest on Saturday.
3: We had not talked about the Coastal Championship until after we won it. We told them, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to back into it. I don't want to be watching other teams to see how they do. Um, It only works if you earn your right. Georgia Tech's the only thing on our mind right now. We've got to get better as a team, Adam. We we have played poorly enough in these close games. We've won – most of these games could have been blowouts and we've kept them close because of coaching eras and, and player eras. So um, we, we we don't want to go into the, the conference championship game and not be prepared.
0: So that's Mac Brown head coach on with Adam Gold again. You can catch that full interview on the best of the Adam Gold podcast. So I think there's two conversations, Julio, about the Tar Heels coming out of Saturday. There is actually there's three. And that goes to Mac Brown. I had my own skepticism with Mac Brown's return. The game of college football in the area has changed. Game of college football in general had changed. And while he had a mission accomplished with kind of reinvigorating the program and making good with high school football programs and getting recruiting around the corner, we just hadn't seen the results there on the field. And they banked on the recruiting's just going to get better. We're going to get players that are going to help us get to that level. Well, Drake May clearly is that guy. We, You know, you and I thought last year, hey, man, Guys like Sam Howell don't come around all the time, and we don't know what Drake May is going to be capable of as a freshman. Well, now we know. They got that one right, and now they've won the Coastal. So all the credit in the world to how they planned this out. But then there's the college football playoff implications, and I just don't see it there for Carolina for a variety of reasons. There's the dangerous life they live in all these close games and who they've done it against. If you think that Michigan doesn't deserve a conversation or doesn't deserve to be in the college football playoff based on their schedule, what in the world are people seeing when they talk about Carolina and the possibility of them making the college football playoff? Because Carolina's schedule has done them no favors. Hey, look. I know you pointed this out earlier. App State could have been a good win. App State's what? What are they now? 4-4 on this year? And one of, them included, one of the wins included a, a, an incredible Hail Mary situation. Their best wins end up being Duke, which is kind of crazy to me. Pitt fell off. At least Pitt has a winning record. They do have a winning record. Duke might help them out. Pitt might help them out. But you know yeah, who hasn't? I, that's, Miami hasn't helped them out. No. Wake Forest isn't helping them out. NC State might not help them out. The schedule's just not good. And, and you have to consider that when we talk about Carolina and the college football playoff. It's not too it's honestly not it's too not, dissimilar to what happened in two thousand fifteen. It's also not dissimilar to what Clemson's problem
1: is right now. They have uh, the same record and they have the same loss. And they don't have a path there.
0: So that's the problem. Props to Mac Brown. Props to Drake May, who absolutely belongs in the Heisman Trophy conversation. But as it relates to the college football playoff, I just don't see a path. If that upsets you, if that makes me a hater, fine but I'm looking at this based on all the information we we have when it comes to the college football playoff. It's just not there for the Tar Heels. Next up. Number two. On the flip side of that, there's an ebb and flow to how triangle football works. Last year, Carolina had all the hype. How'd that season go? Not great. And NC State ended up having the surprisingly good season. Had a chance to win 10 games before COVID hit. This year, NC State had the hype. Carolina, eh, tentative, eh, you could have a good season, whatever. Instead, they're the ones that are having a hell of a year, and NC State is mired in some disappointing losses and disappointing results in terms of injuries and whatnot. Biggest one being to Devin Leary. I have to think that the Boston College loss on Saturday might be up there with one of the lowest points of the Dave Doran tenure with the Wolfpack. They had no business losing to a 2-7 and seven Boston College team that's been going through it, especially how they started that game And then they turtled, and the rest is history.
1: Yeah, we've mentioned the playing to not lose has been a problem for NC State this year, save for the second half of Virginia Tech or the fourth quarter of Virginia Tech and the Wake Forest game. The rest of the way, whether it was Devin Leary at quarterback or MJ Mars at quarterback, Dave Doran's insistence on trying to win with defense and running the football like it's 1982 and Bo Jackson and Herschel Walker are lined up back there in some sort of SEC superpower wishbone, it just doesn't make any sense. And that's the frustrating part if you're NC State is you saw what they could be against Wake Forest. You saw the promise. You had the hope light switch turned back on again. Yeah. And I don't even know at this point if it is the hope that kills you. It's the ability of NC State fans to convince themselves that somehow this season will be different. This game will be different. And invariably, it's not. And invariably, you leave disappointed, as many, many fans were on Saturday against a team that had two wins. And Joe, when you lose that seventh game in a season, you can no longer be bowl eligible. Mm -hmm. Do you know how difficult it is to motivate a team Mm -hmm. after you can't even play for a bowl game? And it's not like... Boston College is playing their rival. No. You know, you know you're know you going to pour it out for your rival. This ain't the Tom O'Brien Bowl, man. No. So, they start the game. It's 14-0. Boston College looks completely and totally inept. And you can't
0: finish the deal again. I want to get back to the whole scared money don't make money when it comes to Dave Doran. Dave Dorn is probably, at least wins-loss-wise, the best modern era NC State head coach, right? I don't think I'm speaking anything crazy here. Longevity has well, some. What, what are we convincing modern? Well, Where, like, what do you consider modern? I, I consider I consider modern college football to have started in the '90s. Okay, okay. You know, when 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 the TV really started a kickstart for for college football. So, in terms of modern era NC State football, he has been the most consistent head coach they've had. And has been given the opportunities to kind of have these windows, which they have not cashed in on. What you're left with is a program that develops football players into NFL caliber guys that get drafted. You get bowl-eligible teams that will have some ups and downs. Is that good enough? Is that what state is only capable of? There's all sorts of factors that go into this. And I say this all the time when it comes to college football. For 98% of programs, what NC State go th- goes through is it. For 98% of college football programs, North Carolina also is kind of what it is. But here's what I'm not going to do because we've been doing this way too damn long to think that this is the, is the case because I've seen it. What happened on Saturday is not some sort of inflection point between the Tar Heels and the Wolfpack. It's not. All Saturday spoke to is the long history of one team being good at the expense of the other team. It's almost like Highlander. There can only be one, all right? That's a sci-fi deep cut for some of you out there. But there can only be one. There is no turning of the corner for a program that's going to leave the other behind, all right? In a way, Carolina football and NC State football are like, the dollar store general version of Carolina Duke basketball where you got these two high level basketball programs that are going for that championship spot all the time instead for Carolina football and NC state football, it's which one will flirt with getting beat in an ACC championship game and missing out on the college football playoff and that kind of stuff. And then coming, coming back down to earth after that while the other one takes a step up. It's a constant history of that. So don't play that game when it comes to NC state and and, uh, and Carolina. It just so happens that it's NC State's turn to have the one that everybody, have the season that everybody's super, super disappointed in, and it's Carolina's turn to really surprise people and have the good feelings. And it'll switch next year, and the year after that, and the year after that. Next up.
1: The number
0: one story of the day.
1: We're number one. We're number one.
0: So Jeff Saturday was the interim head coach announced for the Indianapolis Colts last week, and everybody lost their minds. How are people feeling today? Next. So last week, the Colts fired Frank Wright. reason why he got fired is, tale as old as time. They kept getting the quarterback wrong. They kept bringing the project, or the old guy. What, I think in the the five years or the four years he was the head coach, he had a starting quarterback, a new starting quarterback, every single time. And, And again, a tendency to bank on the old guy's including Phillip Rivers, didn't pan out. All right, who are they going to elevate? Ooh, John Fox is on that staff. That makes sense. And maybe you go with cult favorite Reggie Wayne. He's on that staff. None of those guys got the opportunity. Instead, I went to Jeff Saturday at a left field. And the week that we had on Twitter last week, it was entirely possible that you thought that was fake news. Like, oh, did somebody buy a fake Adam Schefter account, put the blue check next to it, and started doing this? No, it was for real. Everybody had an opinion about why this move was bonkers. I pointed out last week that, you know what, this kind of, this doesn't kind of, it absolutely flies in the face of the NFL talking about diversity hiring efforts. At the end of the day, the owners are going to do what they're going to want to do, and they're going to put their favorite guy in there, come hell or high water. Sunday, before the games even start, Bill Cowher goes on the CBS show and calls this a travesty that he was, it was a
2: disgrace to the coaching profession that Jeff Saturday was given this opportunity. Jeff Saturday talked about in his first press conference the fact that he's going to use his second half as an opportunity to build his resume to see whether or not he can coach in the future. Mm. I say to that, what about the assistants on the staff right now? The guys that were there in training camp, the guys that were there early in the morning and late at night, The guys that have gone through the first six weeks in that building guys like Gus Bradley Scotty Montgomery uh, John Fox don't they deserve the opportunity for an owner to hire a coach who's never been an assistant at the college level or the pro level and overseeing a very much a lot of candidates that are qualified for that job as we see in Steve Wilkes an opportunity to build a resume. It's a disgrace to the coaching profession. Mm. And regardless of how this thing plays out, what happened in Indianapolis is a travesty. A travesty. I'm not going to go that far, Julio. But what ended up happening?
1: Let me guess. The Colts won the game.
0: Yes, they did.
1: Wait. Did they actually bring back in the NFL quarterback to play against other NFL
0: teams? Yeah, they did. They brought back Matt Ryan. He got the start. Uh, he played pretty well, too. Bizarre. Which credit to Matt Ryan for even being, like, Look, as the old guy who was basically told, man, we don't want you to play because, oh, my goodness, it might cost us some money and we're trying to tank. Yeah. Stay ready, baby. He went out there and he won the game. That's a pride game for Matt Ryan, man. And maybe that's what Jeff Saturday leaned on. Like, hey, man, go out there and you know tell the people they're full of it. Just real quick. Hang Julio <laughs> is working through some post-nasal drip today. He was a gamer last week while I was gone. Bill Shout-outs Cow-
1: to you. Bill Cower mentioned three coaches there.
0: Yeah, John Fox was the most laughable Let, one. But
1: let's go with Scotty Montgomery. He was on his staff mm-hmm. with the Steelers, I sure. believe. Fine. Scotty Montgomery was the coach at ECU. He was an abject disaster, mm-hmm. just so you know. That's at ECU. I get it. Gus Bradley was the head coach from Jacksonville. 4-12, and 3-13, 5-11, 2-12 before he was fired. Grand total of 14-48. and 48. I'm, I'm not really sure what, what else needs to be said about Gus Bradley. Won a Super Bowl with uh, Seattle mm-hmm. as a defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. but that's about all you need to know about Gus Bradley. John Fox, yes, took the took the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. 03. Had the uh, Denver Broncos in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. His last three years, though, were in Chicago, 6-10, 3-13, 5-11. John Fox doesn't need another chance. No, he doesn't. All right. This is not, and I said this at the time, and I'll reiterate it, This was not an open search for a coach, Mm -hmm. okay? I could hear the argument for Scotty Montgomery being on the staff as a black coach, putting in the time. I could hear the argument. Mm -hmm. But I could also say to you, aren't you setting Scotty Montgomery up to fail in that position? So there's two sides to this. I think Jim Irsay really believes in Jeff Saturday based on his 13 seasons in the NFL with the Colts, based on the success he had with the Colts, based on the position that he played. With the Colts, he already did the smart thing, okay. That is, put the NFL quarterback Matt Ryan going into last weekend again. People don't like counting stats, okay? Yeah. But Matt Ryan going into the game averaged two hundred seventy-eight yards per game passing. Here are the here are the quarterbacks in front of him: Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Tua Tungavailoa, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Sam Ellinger, who they, again, they wanted to go young and and see what the kid had. Fine. You saw what he had. He's not an NFL quarterback. So I kind of get a kick out of, A, football coaches who think they can reinvent the wheel by working all night and sleeping on their couch and all this other crap, and B, football coaches who don't think the obvious works. Mm -hmm. The obvious works. Let me also guess, did Jonathan Taylor play in this game? Yeah. Okay, wow, you mean their best player? The Colts didn't make the playoffs last year. They should have made the playoffs last year. They stumbled down the stretch Mm -hmm. because of some coaching and quarterback issues. Mm -hmm. The Colts have a fine roster. There's nothing wrong with the roster. Now, Taylor not being healthy, he's obviously
0: the best running back in the NFL. That That hurts, so you got to have him healthy. Look, I think what ends up happening is coaches ride for other coaches. And, and you, that's fine, and you and you hear it. I would ride for other radio people or other sports writers. When, I get it when other when coaches. It's a fraternity. They always like to say it's a fraternity, but it's also a group that feels that certain people are entitled to things because of family connections, or I coached under my guy, or or you know, look, Urban Meyer literally put his career on the line because he owed something to a grand yes. to a grandkid. Yes, okay, yep. that that's that's warped coach brain, so. A couple things can be true all at once. Jeff Snyder can be an out of nowhere hire, man. That might not work out, but people can spare me with the but the time. And yeah, the guys that you're mentioning are your boys, okay? Let's just call it what it is. They're your boys, and that's ultimately what the NFL is about. And it just so happened that Jim Say went with his boy, and your guy didn't get a shot, and you're mad about that. It's not it's a disgrace to the. It's just you're just mad that your guys didn't get a chance. But look, man, Jeff Saturday walked off with some freaking king-level stuff, tweeting that the Raiders were horrible, and then he goes out and he coaches the team to beat said Raiders? You can't tell Jeff Saturday anything after that. That's living the dream. Longtime listener Jay messaged me during the break when I brought up the Dolphins. There's a lot of focus on what's up with the Bills. They've lost these two games as Josh Allen reverted back to the the turnover-prone Josh Allen, not MVP next-level Josh Allen. Scary Josh Allen, right? Scary in a different way. And you look at the Dolphins with Tua Tagovailoa healthy, they're 7-0. And that offense is cooking. And the Dolphins also made moves bringing Bradley Chubb on to get better. They're in, all right? And it's paid off with a fully healthy team as the AFC East leaders, not the Bills. And I said, you know what? Dolphins might bring me back on board. Jay sent me a message. Joe, don't do this Dolphins thing, I beg of you. Imagine you were a five-diet soda-per-day drinker. You worked hard to quit. And then your office mate shows up with a Costco-sized flat of diet goodness. Charlie Brown isn't going to kick that football. So, he's like, look, I see the same things you do. It's just there's there's so much emotional scar tissue, which, yes, I brought that up. Because I went to many a Dolphin game where their Bills ruined the day. Okay. That's why I would never played them on Tecmo Super Bowl, despite the fact that that team is absolutely loaded. Because that's the very Bills team that ruined many a Sunday in South Florida when my dad would take me to Dolphins games. They got me today. They did get you today because you're trying to win as the Jets. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I am with the Dolphins. I'm just pointing out that don't sleep on the Dolphins. And the Tua Loa thing factored into how we talk about them. And it's not just that they've got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. Like, Tua's been good. All right? You go to Football Outsiders and go look at his DVOA. They have a new coach. He's been good.
1: He's aggressive and knows how to use the pieces that they have. Yes. And knows how to make the best out of his lineup. I mean, this is not rocket
0: science again. Meanwhile, we, we might have um, been overreactive with the Tyreek Hill. Might have been overreactive on how the Chiefs might adapt to life without I'm Tyreek Hill. Sad.
1: Now, certainly Patrick Mahomes has been outstanding. But yes. I, I want to see him with the money on the table. When they played the Bills, yeah, remember Tyreek Hill had an outstanding playoff game. It was a huge part of that mm-hmm. comeback. Mm-hmm. They played the Bills in the regular season. They lost. Yeah, They were missing Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying uh, Juju on that beat hasn't been really good. He has. Yeah. Um, The kid from NC State who never caught a pass at NC State, and if you would have made me bet my life (laughs) that he would end up in the NFL, I would have lost my life several (laughs) years ago. Several. So, I mean, Patrick Mahomes makes other people look good. You know why? Because Andy Reid's that good. Yeah, nice. You know? Their coaching staff is that good. He's good. He's good. So, it's a great combination. But... Again, we're talking about who they're going against. Like, hey, you know what? We need to bench Matt Ryan. And it's not working out for him. Yeah. Matt Rule, hey, you know what? In the preseason, we just don't need, we don't need to play any of these guys. We're, we're already a finished product.
0: Cool. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. We spent a good chunk of time kind of goofing on football stuff from the weekend. Uh, There's also tragic news uh, related to college football and the University of Virginia. Three football players, three students Lavelle Davis Jr., Devin Chandler, and Deshaun Perry, again, members of the University of Virginia football team, were killed in a shooting on Sunday night at a parking garage on campus. Two other students were wounded. And the university identified a student, Christopher Darnell Jones Jr., as the suspect who is now in custody. And Darnell Jones, uh, Chris Chris Darnell Jones Jr. was a walk on, a former walk on for the Cavaliers, and again he seemed to be still in with a group of guys on uh, on the Virginia football team. And Mac Brown, uh, all ACC coaches have been speaking out, and I know Dave Dorn earlier today talked about how. It was tough to talk about anything football related given what happened because you think about your team, your players, and how you're close to them and what Tony Elliott is dealing with now at Virginia. Mac Brown spoke on this as well during his press availability.
3: Thoughts and prayers are with everybody in Charlottesville uh, for the the tragic news that's come out of there today. Sally and I have a, uh, a daughter that's a faculty member there and, um, she texted us early this morning to tell us she was okay, but it's, uh, it's really, really sad when uh, you have to worry about your, your family members and your children everywhere we go. So we've got to be smarter, and, and we've got to figure this thing out. We can't keep having useless uh, deaths. So um, thoughts and prayers are with everybody, family members especially, and, and that's not the, the news you want to wake up to um, every, every day.
0: So that was Mac Brown, head coach, North Carolina, on uh, the tragic events at Virginia. Again, one of many coaches uh, to speak out on what happens. And, I'll, Jillian, I know it's, it's, the, it's the furthest thing that a lot of people are thinking about right now because you agree for the families and you agree for the campus. But I'll be really curious as the week plays out what happens with the Virginia football team and how they decide to close out the remaining two games of the season. They're not bowl eligible, but it, I, I would hope, I would hope, that people would understand that if they were done playing football for this year, they could accommodate that.
1: Yeah, you would hope it would be the players' decision too, yes. not yes. the schools. If players want to finish it out; they should finish it out, in, in the memory of those players and their teammates. Yeah, that, and that—that's what they sense. want to if do. That's
0: what they want to do. That makes total sense too, because I can see that scenario planning out. But just also at the same time, if they don't want to, yeah, respect it. Either way, just respect it.